Okay, I'm ready to rock and roll. Recording on. You ready for the clap? I'm about to give you the clap, Joe White. Oh, oh One, man. Two. Are you going to give me antibiotics? <laughs> you didn't clap. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One, two, three. I don't know why that was you so loud, but it, it resonated in my ears. I clapped too hard. God, your life is so hard, Joel. I, I clapped too hard. I'm realizing that today is like the episodes of re-recorded podcasts that we already recorded. Stupid audacity. Man, I feel like... Uh, should, you should label these two shows the, the Audacity Hall of Shame shows. But what alternative do we have? Perhaps we could switch to Linux. What would that give us besides i don't want to spend all my time looking for fan drivers for a dell desktop (laughs) if i have to download separate drivers for my processor fan it is too complicated (laughs) i just violently refuse to use open office i know there are people out there's like you should just use ubuntu but you don't get any respect for using ubuntu people make fun of you for that so that's like all the like garbage hard work without Getting the props from the Linux community? Yeah. I mean, I question whether you really need the props from the (laughs) Linux community. I don't know. Maybe that's your cross to bear, Joel. I don't know. If you're going to do something as geeky as use an open source operating system, I feel like the geek should at least accept you too. Yeah. Even if it's the easy mode one? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm just going to use Windows where I can still play games and stuff. And I don't really have to know anything that I don't already know. I remember in uh, college, I had a roommate that was using a Linux operating system. I don't remember which one. I think it was some Debian distro. But he he spent like four weeks trying to get Counter-Strike to work. I mean, he eventually did <laughs> While it, you were just playing it, Counter-Strike? Yeah, it was really complicated. Sounds like a fun time. It's always a fun time on Fast Karate for the Gentleman, your podcast for February 8th, 2008. Send us emails. Send us voicemails. We don't care. They don't even get read most of the time. Unless it's especially interesting or uh, no, I'm just praiseworthy we read all of us. Of them. I got into a, a rather uh, vitriolic email exchange the other day with... Uh, Was that all the Soul Calibur stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you've got to copy with me. Guy, I just kept on getting these this dude's responses without any context. Well, Joel, read it from the website where they're all ordered. <laughs> yeah, so the guy emails us and he's like, no, no. There were spears in Soul Calibur before 4. And I was like, uh-huh. That is a naginata. And then he was like, no, it's this. The blade isn't wide enough to be a naginata. And I was like, it's a video game. I think we eventually agreed to disagree because it turned out it was neither a naginata or a sphere. Oh, I'm glad you finally came to that compromise because I can't imagine a more inane argument. Well, Joe, I'm just sometimes the great leaders of the world have to set aside their differences so that things may continue peacefully. Because otherwise there would have been some friggin' trouble. Because that is not a spear. <laughs> and Sung Mina is garbage anyway. 
Yeah, freaking Killick ripoff. Who cares? She's like Killick, but without the combos. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Oh, uh, but what are we actually talking about? We are talking about Vampire Hunter D again. Vampire Hunter D resurrected from the dead. We didn't stake it through the heart. Yeah, I don't have the benefit of having watched it recently, which isn't important. I mean, I could recite this plot from memory, <laughs> but um, that's really tough. I really, I had the notes. You kept, I had the notes, like you, the, the core the elements of what you need to talk about. I didn't keep them. Are you? You're shocked that I did not? No, I'm, I'm wondering why you would even have to. How many times have you seen Vampire Hunter D? More times than I care to admit. <laughs> this was back when you had to rent anime from the video store, and I would dub tapes of it. <laughs> so I had a tape with like Fist of North Star movie, Vampire Hunter D, and Akira, and that was like that's what you needed, pretty much. Yeah, that's the. And, the and I feel like if I still had that tape today, I would not really need anime. How did you fit all those on one tape? A six-hour tape. I guess, yeah, they would, uh, Fist of the North Star and uh, Vampire Hunter D are only like an hour a- and a half Akira is a little over two hours, but the other ones are pretty short. And I would wear that thing out, fast-forwarding I mean, and rewinding. Yeah. Vampire Hunter D feels interminable for a movie that Wikipedia tells me is 80 minutes. Because it feels like halfway through the movie, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> it does seem almost interminable. I mean... Not that I, I mean, don't... he assaults the vampire's castle, and that's not the end of the movie. Well, it's like round one at the vampire's castle, which, you know, to be fair, I feel like they, they had to redo that because they didn't explain at all why he was going there. He just shows up. <laughs> and I, mean, I guess they kind of explained it okay, by so saying, this... oh, I have to kill the vampire that bit you. But he just, that's like in passing. They're like, how are you going to solve this problem? Oh, you just have to find the vampire that killed you. And then 10 seconds later, he's at the castle doing that let let's give some backstory vampire hunter d takes place a nebulous time in the future somewhere in the area of twelve thousand years in the future <laughs> there That's are vampires humanity's standard mode of transportation has the, the car has been supplanted by the robot horse there are also werewolves that's the general idea behind Vampire Hunter D. Also, there's a pink mist that eats your livestock and might be cybernetic. There are also mutants. I mean, this is generally what you need to know. There's a girl. There's, there's all sorts of hunters, vampire hunters being one of them. Uh, none of the things really get any respect except for the vampire hunters. Well, apparently the vampire hunters are the only ones you really need. There's like a ranking among the hunters. So maybe, you know, you start out as zombie hunter. Then maybe you make it to Werewolf Hunter. And then if you're lucky and you've got some spunk, you make it to Vampire Hunter. Yeah. Spunk helps. So does a talking face in your hand that can eat dirt to heal you of even the most grievous wounds. Well, basically let's we not resurrect get ahead of ourselves. you. I mean, the movie starts with one of the main characters, Doris, who from, uh, from context we can glean is some form of evil zombie brontosaurus hunter, which is a marginalized profession, but they still fulfill an important role in the community. Well, I feel like she's killing that. Because she's fighting the brontosaurus mutant uh, because it's eating her apples. Because that's what it's <laughs> doing when she attacks it, eating apples. Joel, it's like this. You, if you're a farmer, as she is, uh, you can't let the evil zombie blood-spitting brontosauruses or the cybernetic pink mist that devours your sheep from the insides out get away with it, or they're just going to keep coming back and stealing your food. 
Yeah, I guess this really is a future wrought with peril. I was just listening to uh, that terrible gardening show on WHYY because I was in the car and yeah. radio in Philadelphia sucks. And uh, they were talking about crows. And I've got to think, you know, I think if I had a choice between uh, uh, blood-spitting brontosaurus monsters and crows, I would pick the crows. Probably. Usually you can erect a scarecrow. And that is enough to deal with crows. Maybe if she had thought of that, her robo-horse would still be alive. Or however alive a robo-horse Yeah, I don't know. Be. I don't really think there's, there's like a blood-spitting zombie mutant brontosaurus crow that you can put up to scare the blood-spitting zombie mutant brontosauruses away. <laughs> I don't even want to imagine what it's shaped like. It scares me. <laughs> Just think of what NPR will be like in the future when these are the things we have to deal with. <laughs> like car talk is going to take on a whole different bent. Uh, your robo horse is making a funny sound, huh? My brother makes a funny sound. <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> has like it maybe talk. been uh, attacked by the evil, all-consuming pink cybernetic mist recently? That stuff will get into the servers, and <laughs> your your gears are just never going to be the same. Yeah, just sell it. It's like I've got a. You're better off just. Get in a brand new cybernetic horse. The gold models are coming into fashion these days. Yeah. I've got a 14,070 cybernetic horse. What should I do? <laughs> I mean, the 14,070 model's pretty good, but you really want to go for the 14,067 model. That's They were a little more reliable that year. They came with air conditioning standard. <laughs> I mean, my advice is just to cut your losses now. Maybe find a good lawyer because you bought a lemon. They're, well, a- they're still advertising on billboards in the post-apocalyptic future. The funniest got thing- a bad car? Call one eight hundred my lemon. The funniest thing about it is that uh, they have they talk to the horses like they're alive. Like her robot horse, which is very clearly a robot, is named Jim. I mean, it's got <laughs> it's got exposed gears. <laughs> And she might as well, like, be petting the thing on the face and feeding it an apple. And, I mean, I can understand people naming their cars, but when my car gets bit by a mutant brontosaurus, I'm not going to scream out, oh, no, car. I'm going to scream, oh, <laughs> Joel, the shit, thing is, I've got to get out of here. I think my major concern would be the fact that I just cut off the top half of the brontosaurus's head and it is still alive. Forget the horse. <laughs> He's not even, like, the problem The problem being that 12,000 years is a long time for the definitions of life and intelligence to change. So perhaps these cybernetic horses are actually, like, some form of cyborg horse. and uh, So they're kind of like the Geth. They, maybe they're just alive as the rest of us, Joel. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they've Dave, got their own needs to your race. and the Geth desires. Evil and they're not alive. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. That's why they were included in that game. It's like, we don't want you to shoot humans, so here's robots that look like humans. That's why robots are in every game. But you also shoot a whole bunch of humans. I guess that's true, but you're not really supposed to most of the time. I mean, they would have you talk your way out of that. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything, because we spent a lot of time talking about robo-horses and not nearly enough time talking about vampires and their werewolf henchmen. I mean, can I interrupt to say that it pleases me so much to be part of a podcast where we can spend 13 minutes talking about cybernetic horses? <laughs> the, the, I feel like that's somewhere like 
It's up near the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's, I'm fo- that's like the second level on the pyramid. I feel very much actualized right now. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, so I've accomplished all my goals, and I'm only 25. <laughs> Record conversation involving cybernetic horses. Check. Okay, that's from it. the year 12,000. In the year 12,000. Oh. I'm good. What even? Yeah, but I mean, there's still there's so much more to Vampire Hunter D. There are. See, I the, almost feel like we should have two podcasts about this movie. Well, which I, I maybe this one, Vampire Hunter D. In your conscience, ages like a fine cheese. You know, when we tried to do this initially, it wasn't near. It wasn't looking to be nearly this successful because at 14 minutes, I think we'd almost exhausted the plot. And to yeah. be fair, you we and probably this one, ex- we haven't even gotten through the first five minutes. Well, we probably should. I mean. The plot of Vampire Hunter D should really only take five minutes, if that. And that's an extensive plot summary. Because the plot of Vampire Hunter D is one sentence long. Kill the vampire. (laughs) Joel, if I could correct you, how about kill the vampires? Uh, See, that's true. But yeah, like if I was making a movie poster for this movie, it would be Vampire Hunter D, kill the vampires. And it would just that would be it, <laughs> and nobody would go into that movie. I mean, you would not knowing what to expect. You would not be leading anybody astray. <laughs> nobody would come out of it being like, "Wow, that was totally different than the advertising suggested." Well, it's like I, I would say it's even better. I really I didn't in, think it was going to hunt any vampires, but then he did. I was thinking I was going to come into a movie and he was going to be killing vampires, <laughs> but I also got to see him killing mutants, spectral cats. Witches who summon spectral cats, enormous grenade-throwing uh, monsters, and, you know, weird phantoms of any other sort. Also, the shape-shifting women. siren slash naga <laughs> I that think drains mo- your life energy sexually. They're mostly naga. Snake I don't sexually. <laughs> don't go near those rocks, Odysseus. The beautiful snake women will eat you. <laughs> Did you just call them snake women? <laughs> Why would I want to do something like that? I'm going to go hang out yeah. with those weird no, Ulysses, eagle women. They're, they're impossible to resist. <laughs> Give me some hot eagle woman action. Screw the snake women. They're all crawling around the shore of the island on their bellies, hissing and Odysseus. sticking their tongues out between Odysseus. their teeth. Odysseus. Hey, sailor, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is what the, the words, irresistible What are the words siren? funny when you say them with a list? Oh, yeah, but... You, so, I mean, like, Vampire Ulysses. Hunter D... I don't, even, I don't even know where to go. There's so many places you could go. It's like a... It's a buffet. I think I'll have... I'll have just a little bit of Castle Assault with some unnecessary shower nudity, please. You want to say... Unnecessary... This is maybe, like, one of the best shower scenes of all time. Because you've got the naked boobies, right? But she's thinking about how she killed her doctor friend who was turned into a vampire. And it's also funny because she has the blankest I mean, expression on her face. She's not doing anything. It's as if she, she's hypnotized perfect, by this idea. It's the perfect combination of remorse... Over things you must do to stay alive in this post-apocalyptic world of 14,070 and boobies, <laughs> which are both important things in any movie. <laughs> I just feel like the people who made that scene 
were just so matter of fact about it. Like the whole point was just, you know, it, it it's just like the the naked fact that she's naked. You know, that's all they're doing. There's no other point to it. That's what's happening in that scene. <laughs> it's like they on the storyboards they they had they drew a bunch of panels, and like you know, two thirds of the way through they realized. That they they needed a naked woman. Yeah. And so they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What decade are we making this anime movie in? <laughs> All right. It's the eighties. That was close, guys. We almost finished this movie without putting the shower scene in it. <laughs> oh, oh god. Yeah, I don't even know if that's supposed to like categorize yeah, it. With like, all, like animation assistant in the back raises his hands. He's like. Um, I don't know if you guys already thought of this, but we don't have a scene where a girl gets her shirt ripped off by the bad guy and her boobs pop out. They're like, oh, whoo. Give that man a raise. Yeah, you're promoted. (laughs) Way to stay on the the director now. Satoshi, Tanaka, you should be taking notes. Be more like Satoshi. (laughs) Oh, jeez. He's writing down boobs, question mark. (laughs) He's like, I knew I should have spoken up. On Tanaka's list are like, you know, symbiotic hand, robo horse, spider demon. <laughs> it's like, come on, I've had a lot of really good ideas. Whatever. Could have thought of those eventually. It's not how great you, exceed, <laughs> you succeed, Tanaka. It's that you never forget the fundamentals. I mean, I'm sorry you missed out, but there's always next time, right, buddy? We'll put those ideas into Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. He's like, yes, they're circled on his paper. <laughs> Werewolves are good, but I feel like there's something missing. <laughs> Mouth in the chest? Question mark. Oh, it's got all these doodles of it. There's so much Vampire Hunter D to still discuss. I mean, we've already kind of brought. Oh up yeah, the- Bloodlust is a separate podcast. Absolutely. Because I mean, you got Vampire Hunters. Weird zombie vampire hunters. Guys that stab you in the shadow. If you can stab my shadow, like, aren't you effectively invincible at that point? Who doesn't cast a shadow? Oh, my God. What if you're, like, what if you're on uh, a basketball court late at night and the multiple lights, like, you've got, like, five or six shadows going on? You're screwed. Yeah. The shadow stabber guy's got your number. (laughs) But, I mean, really, this is about a movie made in the 1980s where werewolves are subservient to vampires who only bite and then marry their prey because they are bored. That's that's not a good reason to get married. Well, Joel, 10,000 years is a long time to go without a bride. I guess that's true. It's especially long if you have to suffer your ridiculous, pretentious daughter for the entire time. Why not just kill her? Well, yeah. Oh, I would just slap her down. She's like, Dad, you can't marry this commoner. We're descended from noble blood. That's and that's like that's every line of dialogue she has in the movie. Well, like she's capturing the girl. She's like noble blood, noble blood. She's like a little Pokemon, like a little noble blooded Pokemon. (laughs) Noble blood, blood noble, noble noble, blood blood. Well, it's even. I mean, it's kind. Of, you got to feel kind of bad for her because, for all of her, you know, pretensions at nobility and all these things, uh, her father's response to her argument is, "Yeah, but I'm horny." Yeah. Well, again, I mean, how long has it been since his previous bride died? Do you, you don't judge someone when, like, ten years after their husband died, they got really remarried? 
It could have been 5,000 years for him. That's like the longest case of blue balls ever recorded. Well, I think, it, I think to be fair, her argument was more that, hey, Dad, you need to find another vampire. And his response, I mean, my response to that would be, yeah. hey, Vampire Hunter D has killed most of the other vampires. They're gone. Do you know how hard it is to find a single vampire? <laughs> I've tried all the dating services. People- they're also... <laughs> They're all below a thousand years old. They're just thinking about warm blood. <laughs> well, the other thing is they live forever. As soon as a vampire gets married, the only way to get in on that is if you know you hire a vampire hunter or vampire three way. I don't want to think about it. Easy, Dave. This isn't an Anne Rice novel. <laughs> That's insidious, though. What was that thing where the dragon hired the dragon hunters to kill all the other dragons except for the last dragon? Was that Dragonheart starring Sean Connery? Sean Connery, the the dragon in Dragonheart did not hire any other dragon hunters. I am the last one! (laughs) Yes. Yes, he was. Do you accept my rebuttal? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Paint me silent, just like Dennis Quaid. (laughs) I have been bested. Now let's go (laughs) make money by pretending to kill you, Sean Connery. It was the best... Dragon slash dragon hunter scheme ever concocted. If only Vampire Hunter D could get in a little of that action. Yeah, just pretend. But I think he takes his job a little too personally. Well, there's no way you can pretend to kill a vampire, Dave. Because in order to, like, to, you know, when a vampire well, dies, their castle collapses into the ground. You know, you can't pretend to kill well, that guy what unless you're going to be carting that castle vampire, around everywhere. Like in, in Dragonheart. They sh- he f- pretended to shoot the dragon with an arrow, and then Sean Connery fell into the lake. But in Vampire Hunter D, apparently the way to kill someone is to throw a sword into them, pin them into wall into a wall, and then bisect them. Makes sense to me. Oh, also do that with telekinesis. See, we haven't even really discussed V yeah. yet. I mean, it's just a lot harder to fake that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Vampire Hunter D, who is, as they call him, a damn peel, which I think is the worst case of romanization that has ever happened. <laughs> I think the word they were looking for is perhaps dampier. I don't even know what the real word is. I, I've heard it said so many different ways, I gave up. I'm just going to call him Daywalker. Just like Blade. Yeah. Bring me the blood of the Daywalker. I'm Steven Dorf, and I will never be cool. I mean... <laughs> You will also never be a menacing villain. <laughs> well, he's threatening, but only to my sexuality. Oh man! But yeah. So, uh, what do you want? What are we saying about D? What can we say about D that hasn't already been said? Uh, he's got a hand. He's got a face in his hand that talks. <laughs> See, the the great thing about Vampire Hunter D is that he comes with his. He comes with the comic relief sidekick built in. Yeah, he's. He's the straight man. Like he doesn't and the need a Rob guy. Schneider. That's you're just getting twice as much for your buck because the hand you pay him in mud. That's what he eats. <laughs> well, he doesn't just eat mud. He also eats uh, spiders shot out of the back of mutants. And I think he pretty much eats whatever you want to yeah. throw at him. I'll just say, you know how hard it is to care for something whose diet consists of spiders shot out of the back of mutants. There aren't that many mutants that do that. <laughs> and you just killed one of them when you chopped him in half. Yeah. How many more could there possibly be? 
And it's not like they – you don't breed mutants. Like he can't find another mutant and then have a spider shooting out of the back baby mutant. You got to expose people to toxic waste and then just hope that that's what comes up. Usually they just get leukemia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not another flipper, baby. Throw it on the pile. <laughs> and that's why the world is not nearly as populated in Vampire Hunter D. Well, I, as far as like the discussion of powers go, spider shooting mutant really gets hosed. Uh, as as do most other mutants, it would seem. I mean, some mutants are born enormous and capable of throwing exploding fireballs, which, you know, that's a good power. Uh, others have the power of flight. Accompanied by blades coming out of their wrists and ankles. You know, that's not too bad. Some of them can bend space. (laughs) Yeah. How's that even fair? So, in fact, that by stabbing them, you are actually stabbing yourself. How do you kill that guy? And I think that power might just... I mean, it might just work. Like, can you sneak up on him when he's asleep and stab him? Or is it just going to do that all the time? Like, does he have to consciously use it? I guess he must, because he goes out like a real punk when he tries to use that weak candle on uh, Count Lee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, I don't know if he really goes out like a punk, because I think if if you collapsed my cranium on a door jam, I would probably also die. <laughs> most likely. I mean, that's something you really only get to test once. Yeah. Uh, all he wanted to do was be made a noble. Inexplicably, because... Yeah. Give it another 5,000 years, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other like crazy thing is uh, how do they, they allude to this political structure in, uh, in Vampire Hunter D. Like, Count Lee might actually be a count. <laughs> like, he somehow governs. Yeah. But the people seem to live yeah, autonomously. Yeah, he might actually be the lord of the village. Well, the village has a mayor. And I guess a village would also have a mayor, but... They don't really pay taxes. They're terrified of him. <laughs> I mean, I guess you you can just declare yourself a count if the townspeople will give you whatever you want. I think if you're a 10,000-year-old vampire, then you can do whatever you want. I guess that's true. He probably just walked in one day and he was like, I'm a count. <laughs> they were like, hey, wait. And he just explodes one of the village's heads with telekinesis. And they're like, oh, you're... Hail Count Magnus, yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever you want, dude. Magnus Lee. That is a pretty sweet name. Yeah, I know. Wasn't the other vampire in Vampire Hunter D called Lee? I can't remember. In uh In Bloodlust. Oh no, he was like Leaf or something in Bloodlust. Yeah. He was cooler. I don't know. I mean, maybe this movie is like an a- an allegory for uh for fiefdom and like feudalism. Despotic rule. It's like, dude, the villagers really had it hard in the in the nine hundreds when their kings would explode their heads with telekinesis when they wouldn't pay their tithe. <laughs> yeah. It's like my sheep were infected with sheep rot. I can't possibly pay the taxes. Kaboom! <laughs> sheep rot. Badoosh! <laughs> <laughs> well, I just blew up your wife's head. <laughs> Give me my sheep. Oh, man, that would be terrible. Uh, truly awful. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. Oh, man. Well, I mean, going back I to hate the whole... the king. He's always blowing up my children's heads. <laughs> we need democracy now. 
find the me plus a vampire. Side, the less children you have due to telekinetic, telekinetic explosions, the less food you need to feed them. That's true. Thus, the more able you are to pay your tax. It works. The That's what they works. call the invisible hand. <laughs> it is I think invisible. That was Adam Smith's idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Adam Smith. The invisible hand that crushes your children's heads. <laughs> well, no, I can imagine like Adam Smith's invisible hand. He's just stealing people's money from their back pocket with telekinesis. Like, hey, wait a second, my purse is floating <laughs> before my eyes. He's like, the system will work itself out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the invisible hand. Unbeknownst to us, Adam Smith was actually a mutant and able to steal people's money. <laughs> he wasn't talking about some sort of weird like equilibrium with business he was talking about actually stealing people's money with an invisible hand it's shocking that it was a literal invisible hand but maybe ironic perhaps maybe we should get back on topic vampire hunter d what is there to say well sort of i mean the i mean there's probably a lot else to say i mean i don't even know if we really need to say it though this is a, a classic of anime if you haven't seen it you should definitely get out there and see it because uh you need this for context yeah. i mean we haven't even spoiled all the good jokes <laughs> we've talked about a mere fraction of what vampire hunter d's true essence really is i mean the count's messenger is a dude in a robe and a gas mask. And apparently the tubes of the gas mask suffice suffice for both his mouth and his eyes. Yeah. How do you see through tubes? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's his mutant power. Seeing through tubes. <laughs> he it's can't like even see through other messenger. materials. It's My just power tubes. sucks. Yeah, he's really embittered. He's like, come on, dude. Count. You're employing the guy that can bend space to his will. I, I've seen his paycheck. <laughs> it's just totally unreasonable. Yeah. Uh, I'm a super big fan of Vampire Hunter D. I mean, I feel so guilty that um, we lost the other podcast. I feel like this one turned out a lot better. So I don't feel that guilty. But there's so many other jokes on that other podcast that I might never see the light of day. We should they- experiment once. And do, like, a back-to-back podcast on the same show and just see what happens. Or maybe not even back-to-back. I'm sure at some point, if we do this for long enough, we'll have to revisit Vampire Hunter D. So you think we should just – we'll do another Vampire Hunter D podcast in the future? Yeah, maybe we we should try to do one of, like, Goki's things where we do, like, a theme. And so we could do, like, vampires in anime. Yeah, but then we would only have, like – a couple movies that are actually worth talking about, and then like a bunch of garbage, like uh, God, what's that one Jerry had that was based off blood? like a hentai game? Oh, blood. Oh, uh, no, but uh, oh, something um, Luna Hime or something. God. Yeah, Suki Hime, which is that's it, Moon Princess, I guess. God, I never even saw it, but it looked like garbage. Uh, when the title includes the word Hime, you are not. I mean. I guess uh, Princess, Princess Mononoke, Mononoke yeah. technically included the word Hime, but it also included by Hayao Miyazaki. So it wasn't going to be based on an H game <laughs> unless you want to drastically reinterpret my neighbor Totoro. I don't know, Joel. Do you want to make February the month of vampires? Is February going to be the month of vampires? Hi, we could do that. Why not? I mean, okay, so we got <laughs> Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. We have Blood. 
which is garbage. So that'll be fun <laughs> to talk about. Um, I mean, I guess technically if we ran out, we could watch Blood Plus. Though I don't know. I have no idea like, if that movie's out or if that show's out on DVD or what. Yeah, why don't, why don't we make February the month of vampires? But since we're not total sheep, like we're not just going to be copying Paul Chapman's example. It's going to be the second, third, and fourth week in February, and then the first week in March. We don't confirm to calendars. Like some, what some Egyptian dude wrote down 6,000 years ago is going to dictate my schedule. I don't think so. Dave, I don't want to shock you, but we live under the Julian calendar. I mean, whatever. You, Actually, it's not under the saying, Julian calendar. You don't conform to the lunar calendar, Joel? Well, yeah, I don't conform to the lunar calendar. We live in a solar calendar. I, I feel like I don't even know you. <laughs> How many days does your year have? <laughs> Three, it's 365. Are you sure? <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, I'm just wondering because... Mine has more like, come on, Wikipedia. <laughs> Curse these slow inner tubes. 354. What is that? The That's lunar calendar? We, that is the Islamic calendar, which is a lunar calendar. Maybe I'll this start working true. off that one. <laughs> then I could just arbitrarily say, like, oh, I can't come to work today. It's Saturday. It's Thursday. <laughs> Not on my calendar. You can't discriminate based on faith. <laughs> but then you would have to work on Saturday sometimes. No, because because uh, I also oh, they would be as- closed. I also ascribe to the secular calendar. I can do both. You got them both ways. This plan can't fail. Yeah, I know. It's flawless. All right, that's enough. Stay tuned for Stay the tuned. next installment of the Month of Vampires. What should we call it? The month of suck. I love it. Suck, suck month. Vampires. The month of suck. They they suck you. Good enough. The blood. I just call back then? Yeah. Hello. Holy crap. I think the Borg are calling me. 